Podcast. It's Build a Big Podcast, the marketing podcast for podcasters. I'm David Hooper. This episode, it's the audio edition of my weekly newsletter. That's called Big Podcast Insider. It comes out via email every Friday morning, New York time. This is where I add more commentary. Here's what I'm talking about today. Girl Scouts versus podcasters. Do you have a bad guest story? It's a stupid question. I know you do. I'm going to talk about that. Nine strategies to get you better podcast interviews. Zoom hacks for podcasters. Are you doing your interviews via Zoom? You're going to want to know about these. Also, a Valentine's Day gift guide just for podcasters. Can help you get what you want. And I got some classified ads for you. This episode is brought to you by Riverside.fm. Riverside is a great way to do interviews. It's the leading platform to record studio quality, remote podcast, audio, and video. Used by over 70,000 people and companies, companies like Spotify and the New York Times. It records locally on each participant's computer and uploads to the cloud. You may have heard of the phrase tape sync or double ender. That's basically what it does. This means that you get the highest possible quality for audio and video, regardless of the type of internet connection that you have or your participants have. Also, regardless of where you are in the world, even somebody on the other side of the world where the connection has to travel a long way for you to get to them, you are going to sound like you are in the same room. I've got a special offer for you. Riverside's going to give you a couple of hours for free. You can test it out, see how you like it. Riverside.fm is the URL. When you decide that you want to keep it, here's how to get a discount. Big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. That gets you 15% off. Big podcast is the code. Riverside.fm is the URL and that code again, big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T to get 15% off. This episode, as I mentioned, it is connected to the newsletter that I've got, Big Podcast Insider. That newsletter is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. A lot of people like to follow along and because you like to follow along, I do this like an old school children's audiobook. When it's time to go to the next story, you're going to hear this sound. Ready? Let's go. Girl Scouts versus podcasters. It's a funny story. It just happened to me. Walked up to my grocery store, minding my own business. Some Girl Scouts were inside the store. You know, you go into your grocery store. They've got a staging area sometimes. Shopping carts are there. Then they've got another set of doors that you go through to actually get into the store. This is where these girls were. Right beside the carts. One of them says to me, would you like to buy some cookies? And I said, hell no. I'm just kidding. That's what I was thinking because I try to make good decisions when I'm at the grocery store, you know, but I appreciated her approach. Don't ask, don't get. And if I'm not going to buy something from a child entrepreneur or a child salesman, I'll try to give him encouragement. So here's what I told her. I said, I would love some, but my wife is gluten-free and that's true. I get into trouble if I brought home a box of cookies that I couldn't share with her. So then this kid, <laughs> she says, caramel chocolate chip or gluten-free? She's keeping me on my toes. I'm sorry, I'm going to have to catch you guys later. I didn't know you were going to be here. I've only got a credit card. So I grab my card, start headed into the second set of double doors. And I turn my back and I'm going in. She says, we take Venmo. I was like, oh God. That's how I ended up with eight boxes of cookies. Thin mints, peanut butter patties, lemonades, toastiers. I didn't even know about toastiers. You seen these? They look like toast. <laughs> and of course, caramel chocolate chip. But I'm always looking for stories for the newsletter, stories for this podcast. And that got me thinking as I'm going through buying my healthy stuff inside the store. What does this girl know about podcasting? There's got to be a lesson here. And first of all, let's be honest. 
If you got a kid who's under 10 years old, they probably know a lot about podcasting, certainly more than we did when I was a kid growing up in the 70s. My dad had a cassette recorder. <laughs> it's a Sony. And I don't think I'd ever heard my voice taped before this. I just never had the experience of that. And we've got this cassette recorder. And I used to buy these cheap cassettes at Kmart. They were the house brand. You know those displays where there's like a bag of something and then there's cardboard on the top of the hole and there's a hook. And you buy these things three at a time. There was no case. You just get a raw cassette, well, three of them. We had a bunch of those. And that's what I would do. I would practice being a DJ. I used to watch Dick Clark on American Bandstand every Saturday. He'd introduce these bands and I'll put this cassette player next to our television. Television, I think it was 12 inches. I mean, very small TV, very small speaker, probably a three inch speaker. And I would tape music that way. And I would also introduce bands that way, just like Dick Clark. Anyway, these kids today, they've got a much better setup than I have. They've got basically a recording studio in their pocket and also a video studio, audio and video. And anything they record, they can put it out online. So this Girl Scout, chances are she probably knew quite a bit about podcasting or at least recording herself. Seems like an intrinsic knowledge of mobile phones, everything that you can do with them. But I want to assume for a minute that this kid was more like me, maybe hadn't heard her voice, doesn't know anything about podcasting. She still knew something about podcasting. This is the big thing that I want to talk about here. I've got two things here that she did that you can do that are going to help you have a better podcast. And the first one is to ask for what you want. She wanted me to buy some cookies. So she asked, would you like some cookies? Mm, no. And then she kept at it when I said no. The second thing, and this is the keeping at it part, she made it easy for people to say yes. So two things there. One, ask for what you want. Two, make it easy for people to say yes. That's a sound bite for you. Run the tape back, capture that, make it your alert sound. You know what I'm going to do? When I change stories, I'm going to add that. One, ask for what you want. Two, make it easy for people to say yes. I want you to internalize this. Write it down, print it out, stick it to your computer monitor, make an extra copy, put it on your bathroom mirror, your refrigerator, somewhere else that you're going to see it every day. Those two things, asking for what you want and making it easy for people to say yes, that will change everything about your podcast and the money that you make with it. Let me give you real world examples of how this works. Asking for what you want. Here's how to apply it. One, asking for the interview. Hey, I want you to be on my podcast. That's the first step. Once you've connected with somebody, though, asking the questions that you want to ask during the interview. If something comes up, you say, man, I really wonder about this. Ask it. Don't get caught up in your brain thinking, well, somebody might be offended whenever. Look, there's tact, okay? There's tact. And you want to be tactful. But at the same time, somebody who is coming on as a guest on your podcast to talk about a certain topic it's not unreasonable for you to ask about that. And if somebody does not want to answer that question, don't disempower them by not asking it. Ask it, let them say, no, I don't want to answer that. Ask for what you want. Also, asking your guests to show up in a certain way. When you do ask for the interview, you get a yes. You want that guest to show up with a proper microphone. I saw something the other day on a message board. It said, microphones and background noise don't matter. Because we've got tools. We can fix this with studio sound. I talked about this in the newsletter previously. This Adobe thing, one-click button, it'll take a Zoom call, it'll take an AirBuds conversation, 
They'll take something you recorded with a tin can and a string and it's going to make it sound better. Yes, it does. But you want to have a source recording that has as much raw data and quality data, signal, not noise, as you can get. And that means good microphone, quiet place, showing up in the correct way. It is not your job to fix somebody's laziness. I was talking to somebody, dealing with a celebrity guest. I'm not going to say who she was. Maybe you've heard of her. I didn't know. She was big in the Christian market, had been on Dancing with the Stars. You figure it out. She's like, well, you know, I didn't feel like plugging in a microphone. just want to use my earbuds. What does it take to plug in a microphone? Three minutes? Maybe? More like 30 seconds, a minute? She just didn't feel like it. That 30 seconds, that three minutes, whatever it would have taken for her to plug that microphone in, just do a little bit of extra work, that would have saved the engineer so much time. It would have given the engineer so much more to work with, she would have sounded better in the end. Do not count on technology such as Adobe or Isotope or Auphonic, any of these post-processing programs to fix sound that is not properly recorded. It's good, but it is not great. I'm not saying that your guest needs to get an RE20 and invest hundreds of dollars in equipment, but it is not ridiculous for you to think that somebody who is doing podcast interviews, including an interview on your podcast, should show up with a proper microphone. That is not you being ridiculous. That is you looking out for your audience. Second thing, making it easy to say yes. Here's what that looks like. Walking potential guests through the entire interview process and answering all questions. I'm working on an interview right now with, I'm going to call him an old school rock star. This is a dude, big in the 70s, big British rock band. Obviously, the dude has used microphones. What he has not done, though, is he has not done a remote interview for a podcast, not like I want. He's in England. I'm in Nashville. We've got a six-hour time difference. I'm working with his agent. I'm working with a handler. We are walking them through the process of what it takes for me to make him sound his best. The dude's got stories. The guy's got content, but he can't show up on a Zoom call with a built-in laptop mic and expect me to make that sound as good as it would if I had the mic. But to take it back to what I just said, I'm expecting him to show up in a certain way so I can properly record these great stories. To do that, that can be a little bit more work on your end. But that extra step, making it easy for a guest to say yes by making them feel comfortable with that process, letting them know exactly what you expect, that's going to get you the interview that you want. Do you want the interview? Make it easy for them to say yes. Walk those potential guests through the entire process and answer any questions that they've got. That's going to get you better tape. Also, working around a potential guest busy schedule. Time zones, man. Six hour difference between me and England. Got to work around that. If I want to do it at two, that's eight for him. If he wants to do it at two, that's eight on the other side for me. And that can throw off your schedule. Either I've got to come in early or he's got to come in late. But this is on you. This is on us. If we want the interview, working around a guest's busy schedule. Also, making it easy to say yes, going to your guest and bringing the needed equipment. Now, I can't go to England. I could. Not worth getting this interview. <laughs> That's why I've got boots on the ground over there, the handler that's taking care of all of this for me. That will make sure that you get what you need. Because not everybody can be like these Girl Scouts born with an intrinsic understanding of good audio and how to record yourself. Some people, they just don't get it. They think because you sound good through the headphones, 
that they sound good. That's not how it works. And then what happens, you finish those interviews up, even doing your best. They get it. Man, I sound like balls. Well, it's because you didn't show up with a good microphone. You didn't do what we asked, but we try to record it anyway. So this is what you get. Are those guests going to share that interview? Probably not because they sound like balls. Are people going to listen to that interview? Maybe the true fans, but maybe not. People want good quality audio. We expect that. Let me give you one more example of how this works. This will help you get more subscribers for your podcast, and that is making it easy to subscribe. Let me give you a couple of examples. I've got a link. It's at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. You can see my subscription page for Build a Big Podcast. This podcast, swipe it, man. Take it. It is something I've tested. It makes it very easy for people to subscribe. And if you're in the United States or you're in Canada, I'm going to give you a phone number. Call this and see how this works. 615-488-4321. Get your phone out. I'm going to give it to you again. 615-488-4321. You call it. I will text you back. Click the link in the text. You can subscribe that way. Something like that is super easy to set up. It will get you more subscribers. What is not easy, if I were to tell you, well, take out your phone and you know that thing that looks like a compass, Safari, yeah, go there. Okay, open up a new window. You know at the top there? Okay, www.blah, blah, 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 blah. That's not easy. Even if I told you bigpodcast.com, your big fingers on that little phone you're going to mistype it. What? Nothing's coming up. You got to go back and forth. No, big podcast, B-I-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T.com. It's much easier to dial a number. 615-488-4321. Anybody can do that. Any phone can do that. You don't need to worry about apps or what kind of browser they've got. Don't worry about it. They can subscribe by phone. They can subscribe via QR code if they know how to use that. That's my point. Make it easy, then make it easier. One, ask for what you want. Two, Make it easy for people to say yes. Do you have a bad guest story? Every podcaster has had one interview that was so bad that it's especially memorable. We remember the really great interviews. Oh man, that guy was so cool. Oh, that was a great time. And we remember the really bad interviews. Somebody storming out of the studio. You ever had that happen? Yeah, I have. It happens. <laughs> That's what happens when you ask the questions that you want. People can say no. Sometimes eh, it doesn't work so well. Speaking of questions, I've got two questions for you. You'll answer them via voice. The link is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. I'm looking for bad guest stories. I'm working on a project. I'm calling it the bad guest project. I want to feature you and your bad guest stories. I know you got one. So go to this link at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Let me get it on tape. Let me share it with the world. This isn't to bad mouth people, by the way. I don't want you to give me names or specifics where we're trying to out somebody and shame them. It's not like that. What it is, is to share with other podcasters that, yes, sometimes guests aren't very good. Yes, sometimes they will show up not prepared. Yes, sometimes they'll show up and refuse to wear headphones or refuse to plug in a mic because the AirPods are easier. It'll take me 30 seconds to plug in this mic. We've all dealt with that. And this is more of a camaraderie piece to show podcasters that you are not alone and other podcasters are with you. If you got a story like that, I want to hear it. The link is at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. One, ask for what you want. Two, make it easy for people to say yes. Nine strategies to get better podcast interviews. 
Continuing on the interview thread. If you want to be better at interviewing guests on your podcast, I've got nine strategies for you that you can use on your next interview. Number one, before the interview, research your guest and do a pre-interview call. If not with the guests, with people who know the guests. This will help you come up with thoughtful, relevant questions. Talked about my rock star in England that I'm getting ready to interview this week. I can't get a hold of him, man. He's a rock star. He's out doing rock star things. He's six hours ahead. What I can do is talk to his publicist. What I can do is talk to his handler. They can give me the inside scoop. What I can do is go listen to the old albums. What I can do is research how those albums were done. Doing your research goes a long way. A pre-interview, because you're getting together ahead of time and you're building rapport. Then when you get on the call, I call it a call, a session, whatever. When you get together for the interview, it feels like you know someone. They're going to trust you just a little bit more than they would if it were cold. Oh, hey, I'm David. Okay, great. Let's act like we know each other. Mm. I mean, maybe you can get that. Your hardcore radio guys, podcast guys, you probably, you've done it enough to where you've got instant rapport with the guest. Your guest, depending on who the guest is, you know, they're a little nervous. Building this rapport ahead of time, it helps. So do it. Do not fight the pre-interview. It is well worth your time to do 15, 20 minutes just to get to know the guest, have the guest know you. Number two, set clear expectations for the interview. This includes the length of the interview, the format, and the topics that will be covered. But do not send somebody questions in advance. What you want on an interview, when you're recording something, you're trying to capture moments of connection not somebody reading the script. The other thing that happens when you send questions in advance is because somebody's reading a script, they're not as present with you. They're not listening to you and they're not really thinking about their answers or they're not thinking about what you're saying. They're thinking, okay, he's going to ask this and I'm going to do this and he's going to ask this and I'm going to do this. That is not what you want. That is a performance. You do not want that kind of performance. You want a moment. When you send topics ahead of time, what that's doing is that's letting a guest think ahead. Okay, this is maybe something I can talk about. Oh, I remember this story. I forgot that. I'm glad he brought up this topic. It's getting them to think in the big picture, but not exactly what they're going to deliver. So that's helpful. But the other thing that it's doing is it's setting them at ease. That's part of that rapport building. I'm not trying to get you on this gotcha question. I'm trying to talk about these topics. But do not, do not, do not, do not give specific questions. That will get you somebody reading the script, and that is not what you want. Number three, during the interview, make sure to create a comfortable environment for your guest. Quick story on this. I'm working out of my home studio. It's a five by eight closet that's been tricked out. I'm standing right now. I used to stand in the radio studio when I would have a guest in. The radio studio that I work out of, just a little bit bigger than this, maybe, I don't know, two, three times as big. But we've got four people in there. We've got me, the guest, the engineer, and the producer. We didn't have a lot of space. Got the producer sitting down, engineer sitting down, the guest is sitting down. And what I would do would be stand in a corner, clipboard in front of me, talk to the guest as he's sitting down. I brought in a media coach one time. We're talking about how can you have better interviews? How can you do media? And this is somebody that I was interviewing. It wasn't somebody who was there coaching me. But we got to the end of the interview and I asked him, I said, what could I have done better on this? I want to be better. He said, one of the things you could do is you could sit down because you're six foot three, 
You're the only one standing up. You've got this big voice coming through the radio. You're the guy who's in charge here, at least as far as the guest is concerned. I said, ooh, I didn't see it. I was thinking about my own performance. I wasn't thinking about how it came across to the guests. So one of the things that we did, we had fluorescent lights at the time as well. Engineer, this guy was great. Guy fell, dude I was working with. Guy came in, completely redid the studio, got me a chair to sit in. We had table lamps that were next to the chair where I could read my notes very easily. The guest is sitting down in a comfortable chair. It became more of a hang rather than David in the corner. All right, question number one. What about this? And then what about this? It wasn't so me versus them. It was me with them. That's a comfortable environment. That's one of the reasons that I'm talking about doing a pre-interview. That's one of the reasons that I'm talking about giving people topics ahead of time, making them comfortable, walking them through the process. Anything that you can do for that, that will help you to do a better podcast. Let me give you one more thing before I move on to the next one. One of the things that we do, I learned this from Guy too. We would do a level check when we set somebody down at the studio. I would do one. All right, it's David Hooper here, music, business, radio. He's getting the levels on me for the day. He gets the levels on the guest. He was great at getting these guests talking. Just casual conversations that anybody could have. Hey, what'd you have for breakfast today? Well, I had overnight oats, a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of sea salt. It was really great. Oh yeah, do you do overnight oats a lot? Yeah, you know, I really like it because the antioxidants, whatever. You know, he'd, he'd have these guys going on for a couple minutes while he's getting the levels, working out EQ. What's your first car? That's another great one. Tell me about your first car. Everybody's got a story about that. How did you meet your wife? How did you meet your husband? Everybody's got a story like that. They've told it a million times. They love to tell it. Those kind of stories, and you're interacting back with them as they're telling them. That gets them in the mood. That's making them more comfortable for when that red light goes on, because that's when people get intimidated. You start asking the other questions. Another thing to attach to this very quickly, something like water, room temperature, that goes a long way as well. Physical comfort is great, but the most important aspects of comfort, emotional and psychological. Number four, keep conversation flowing by allowing for natural pauses and silences. This will give guests the opportunity to gather their thoughts and provide more thoughtful responses. Pauses, this is an interviewer trick, man. They also put pressure on the guests to speak. Most people are uncomfortable with silence. They will want to break that silence. So if you sit there looking at them, nodding, mm -hmm, let them go, man. And I'm talking one, two, three, four, five, count it out. Five seconds is usually all you need. Mm -hmm. Because they don't want to interrupt you. You're in charge. You're giving them the pause. Okay, mm -hmm. let them keep going, man. You do not have to fill up every single second of air that there is. Pauses are natural. You can cut out those pauses if they are too long. But leave them in your interview as you are recording it and you will get a better answer. Number five, ask open-ended questions. Don't ask leading questions or give options for answers. This will allow your guests to give more detailed, interesting answers. You know this about open-ended questions. You've heard this a million times, common advice. But something that people do, and I do it too, especially if I've got a guest and he's like, eh, you know, not really comfortable and I'm trying to control that interview and I'm trying to make sure I get it where it needs to go, especially if we've got a tight time limit. Like I've got 40 seconds before the break, I've got to get something in. You get the point. The more pressure that there is on you as a host, the greater the tendency 
for you to start taking control like this. And one of the things people do, they'll ask a question and then give the answers. And you see this a lot of times on the right-wing talk radio. A lot of the pundits on Fox News do this. They've got an agenda, and this is how it comes off for you as well. It sounds like you're trying to control something. So for example, let's go back in time. Rush Limbaugh, who would ask a question, well, Senator, why, why exactly were you doing this? Is it because you love freedom or were you just a 100% patriot? I mean, you would <laughs> totally give these guys the answer based on where he wanted things to go, based on his talking points for the day. I don't know, but you hear it a lot, especially if you're on an agenda-driven podcast or an agenda-driven show, something where you're trying to get somebody on the hook, get somebody off the hook. Just be aware of that. Number six, this is very, very important. Before and during your interview, encourage your guests to share stories and anecdotes. These will add a personal touch to your interviews and make them more engaging for listeners. I've posted my notes, and I'm talking about the actual episode notes. What I walk into the studio with, my scribbles, this is what's happening during the interview. I post them all the time at the Big Podcast Instagram. That's Big Podcast One. But one of the things you'll see, you'll see a typed list of some of the questions and some of the topics that I want to make sure that I cover. And at the very top, I will often write stories or get a story. Or if I'm interviewing a musician, play the song. Something to remind me to ask the guest for a story, remind the guest of how important stories are. Or in the case of me interviewing the musicians, play the song because that's part of the story. So before and during your interview, encourage your guests to share stories and anecdotes. Very important. People do not want facts and data. People want stories. You may have just watched the State of the Union address. You certainly see this in campaigns for politicians. People tell stories, not facts, but how did those facts affect people? These are their stories. You want to do the same thing on your episodes. Number seven, be prepared to follow up on your guest responses. This shows that you are actively listening and engaged in the conversation. Also, Consider callbacks during later questions and discussions to connect different parts of the interview together. You've heard me do this on this episode already. At the very beginning of this episode, I talked about Girl Scouts asking for what you want, making it easy on people. And I have since referenced that a couple of times. The other thing that I reference on these episodes, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That's a callback because this episode is from that newsletter, Big Podcast Insider. Number eight, don't be afraid to steer a conversation in a different direction if it's not working. It's up to you to get the interview that you want and you need because only you know what you want and need. Speaking of callbacks, let me call back two things right now. Talked about the media trainer that I'd interviewed. You are in charge of the interview that you get. You're setting the pace, making people comfortable in the studio. You are setting the stage for exactly what it is that you need. Another callback is you asking the questions that you need to ask. Asking for what you want. I talked about that early on with the Girl Scouts. And that's what the number eight item is about. Steering the conversation in the way that you want it to. If it's not going in the right way, it is up to you to take it in a different direction, the one that you want and the one that you need. Number nine. I talked about how number six was important. Another callback. You see that? <laughs> number nine may be more important. That's be human. Enjoy the experience of connecting with another person. Let it flow naturally. It should not be mechanical. I think it was about three weeks ago, after Lisa Marie Presley died, I was talking about my experience interviewing her. And that was one of the most 
memorable interviews that I've ever had. Not because it's Lisa Marie Presley. I wasn't really concerned with Lisa Marie Presley, but because it was me, one human talking to another human. And we talked about the pressure of people in Hollywood because she'd been out in Los Angeles, daughters out in Los Angeles. And it was me talking to a mother who really cared about what her daughter was going through because she'd gone through it. She'd had a lot of pressure and it was a human moment. And I was present to it because I got the feeling just from how she walked in the room and everybody swarmed around her. You can see the photos. I put them online on the big podcast, Instagram. Everybody wanted to be in that photo. Everybody. Why? Because it's Lisa Marie Presley, big rock star, right? The princess of rock, they called her. Everybody wanted to talk about Elvis. She never had any time alone. Anywhere she went, people were coming up to her because she looked just like Elvis. Anyway, I got the feeling the woman never got a break. And speaking of making a comfortable environment in your studio, that's what I wanted to give her. I realized very quickly, we got in there, we shut that door, all the handlers on the outside, it's me, engineer, producer. I said, I'm going to set the space here for this woman to actually talk to me rather than have everybody and his brother coming up. And it was that. It was fun, memorable. And I tried to do that every single time I've got somebody in my studio. With this said, human interactions, being human is not perfect. At least it doesn't appear that way. I think there's perfection and imperfection, if that makes sense. I would say this to you, ditch trying to be flawless when you're doing your podcast interviews. I think that's why we take control. We think something has to be perfect. We think that there cannot be dead air. We've got to be, hey, David Hooper here, radio voice, really slick, not stumbling over words, blah, blah, blah. I say this all the time here, and it's worth saying again. I make mistakes on this all the time. Right now, I'm 51 minutes and 24 seconds in on the raw tape. Look at the time on your podcast player. My guess is that right now, about 30 minutes. Of course, this is future, David. Let me bring in Big Podcast Supercomputer. We're going to give you a time check. The Big Podcast Supercomputer is away on assignment. I'm his cousin. I started talking at 30 minutes and 19 seconds, meaning David is correct about the amount of tape he has removed from the episode so far. I'm drunk. Anyway, there are the numbers. You can see how much I'm chopping off on these things. I make mistakes. I'm running through stuff based on bullet points. I rethink it as I'm saying it. Go back, do it again. Sometimes I stumble over words. My voice is a little bit dry today. So that's making it even harder. You know, it happens. And I think the good podcast hosts, they know it happens. They edit where they can without making it perfect, but making it better for the audience. What is in service of the audience? That's the big thing. What is in service of your audience? It's not the perfect interview. It's a real human connection that can get them the information that they need, the entertainment that they want, something that's beneficial. If you want the list of these, I've got them all written out. I've also got a discussion going on. You can join in on that. That is all linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. One, ask for what you want. Two, make it easy for people to say yes. Zoom hacks for podcasters. If there was a positive to everybody staying home during the pandemic, it's that we all learned how to use Zoom. Your mother, grandmother, sister, brother, butcher, baker, candlestick maker, we all know how to use Zoom. And that has been especially beneficial for podcasters who do remote interviews. But, 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 
There's a next level of Zoom, a lot of tricks that go way beyond what most people do with the platform. These are things that will help you to get better interviews and deliver better online presentations. I'm going to list some for you. If you're interested, they're at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. These are some of the hacks that you're going to find helpful. How to quickly share what's on your phone. You want to bring your phone screen up on the Zoom screen? I'm going to show you how to do it. How to quickly turn off the camera and the mic, both of them at the same time. Your kid comes in, fire engine goes by, something happens. Sometimes you need to turn off your camera, your mic, or maybe both. Got a quick way to do it. A simple way to improve poor lighting so you can look your best. How to highlight your mouse and highlight one area of your screen. If you're doing any kind of screen sharing, this is great. Using slides as a virtual background. This is pretty cool. It's not you on the side. It could be you with a slide behind you. So it's a great way to do slides. I'm going to tell you how to do that. Adding live captions and a transcript to Zoom calls. This is great for presentations. Also can be great for doing interviews if you're doing interviews via Zoom because it's going to help your guests understand your questions better. It's going to help you understand your guest answers better. Also, how to suppress background noise. Now, caveat here, I would not do this if you're recording your podcast via Zoom. Don't do it. Suppress the background noise after the fact. And always, another callback here for you, always record in as quiet a space as possible. You should not rely on something like Zoom to do this live. You should not rely on something like Adobe Studio where you upload your podcast afterwards and think, oh, it'll fix it. <laughs> I knew somebody who did a book I don't need to worry about typos. Uh, you know, that's what the editors are for. Uh, yeah, if you see a typo there, you need to fix it because things slip through. And your audio is the same way. Get the best audio, do the best work that you can. Make the job on the next guy easier because the next guy, as talented as he is, he may miss some things. Anyway, these seven hacks, I got some more of them as well. All of them linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. One, ask for what you want. Two, Make it easy for people to say yes. Valentine's Day gift guide. It's a little podcasting humor for you. I've got a graphic. It's an RE20 versus flowers. <laughs> Which would you rather have? If flowers die, RE20 lasts forever. And the message you put out with an RE20 lasts even longer. It feels great when somebody comes up to you and they say, I liked your podcast. I liked your book. What you said on this message form really helped me. That feels great. And that's really what this message is about. A joke with a serious message. Today, I encourage you to reach out to another podcaster or two. Go ahead and double it, man. Any type of creator, really. Let those people know that you value the work that they're doing. It starts with you. I know that as a podcaster, it is very easy to feel like nobody's listening. Or why am I doing this? You've been there. I've been there. When we're in the process of recording, editing, writing, doing whatever it takes to get a podcast out, there's no energy coming back. In a live audience, it's you and the live audience. Say you're a comic. You tell a joke, people laugh. You tell a joke, people laugh. That's energy from you. That's energy coming back from them. We don't have that as podcasters. So you've really got to have that internal game together, that intrinsic motivation to get your podcast out. With that said, it's nice to hear from people. Let a podcaster, maybe two, double your effort. Let them know that they are doing good work. Tweet them, email them, 
pod inbox, whatever they got. Send them a message. Hey, man, appreciate your work. One, ask for what you want. Two, make it easy for people to say yes. Got some podcasting classifieds for you. Swell AI. You can use Swell AI to automate your podcast episode summaries, time-stamped episode highlights, and long-form articles based on the content of your episodes. I love this thing. You upload your audio, it automatically makes a transcript, but then what it does is it takes it a step further. It'll make a long-form article for you. The ones I've been getting, 1,800, 2,100 words. It's on the topic of your podcast. Pretty well written. It's a good starter. You're going to want to go in and edit it. It's going to give you timestamps. Automatically does that. It's going to give you episode summaries, the short ones that you can post on LinkedIn, you can put on social media, also episode titles. It's worth a look. Swell AI, I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Audio, thousands of high quality songs for you to use in your podcast. There's new music added daily and also sound effects. Where do you think I get these sound effects from? Sometimes it is audio. It's a company out of Nashville. They've got great stuff that I have not heard elsewhere highly produced, not just country, by the way. When I say Nashville, I know some people get scared on that. Well, man, I don't do country. (laughs) Sounded like a country guy. (laughs) That guy probably does country. You may not, but don't worry. Audio has all sorts of stuff. I've got it linked at newsletter.bigpodcast.com. Thanks for hanging out with me. You want to subscribe to this podcast. You do. Trust me. I'm the host. I got the microphone. I know what's best for you. No, I'm kidding. But if you want to subscribe, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Some people call it a follow these days. URL, however, not calling it that yet. It's bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. When you go there, I've got three ways for you to subscribe to the podcast. One for Apple iPhone, one for Android. I've got an old school RSS feed for you. One click is all it takes for you to subscribe to Build a Big Podcast. When you do, you will never miss an episode. And making it easy, then making it even easier. Another callback for you. The QR code. That is on that page, bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. You hold your phone up to the screen through the magic of the internet. Build a big podcast. Gets immediately sucked down to your phone. You can listen to me at the gym, in the car, wherever you go. Keep one earbud in. Listen to me during church. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to judge. And I'm pretty sure God wouldn't either. Because God wants you to have a big podcast. Bigpodcast.com slash subscribe. Check it out. Scan the QR code. Never miss an episode. And of course, the newsletter that I've been talking about, newsletter.bigpodcast.com. That comes out via email every Friday morning, New York time. The archive also there. I'll see you on bigpodcast.com and I'll see you here on the next episode of Build the Big Podcast.